as awful as the war in Ukraine is and how powerful the determination of the Ukrainian people to keep most of their country from Russian control, a story of God at work in the life of one family is encouraging. Friends, war is hell, but God is good. Would you keep praying for Bill Finnemore and the work of our Alliance Church family in Poland with the Ukrainian people? Okay, shifting gears. In my childhood days, one of our annual uh, family vacation spots was a, a summer trailer park right on the Atlantic in Shediac, New Brunswick. At the time, my grandparents lived in Moncton where my grandfather was working for CN Rail. The trailer park had just opened, but they, they didn't get something quite right. And we didn't figure it out until the next day as I was running out of the trailer with no shoes, no socks, onto the metal step of the trailer, and zap, I got this jolt of electricity that went up through my feet, through my body, and I jumped, and it, create, it created quite the startle for me. We, we discovered that there were other parts of this trailer where metal was exposed, that if you touched them, you got a shock. This was a dream come true for my dad, not because he loved seeing his kids get shocked, but because it created a project for him to tackle. You see, he was an electrician by trade, and a, a sit-down, relaxed type of vacation was no vacation for him. He needed to be doing something. Now, those of you who are electricians, and there are a few of you probably know what the problem is, and I won't describe it right, except to say that there were some wires that got crossed, and got crossed somewhere to the trailers of this park. My dad knew what the problem was, and he went to the owners of the park and offered to rewire what was needed to be rewired. It would be a day or so before dad would join us on the beach digging up clams. At the same time, my mother, who did not swim, guarded us on the beach, fearing that her kids would get swept away by an undertow. And of course, I, being the devious kid that I was, who could swim fairly well, I loved letting the undertow take me away, even pull me underwater a bit, and watching my mother react as I went under the water for a bit. But that's another story. Kids are fun, aren't they? My purpose in telling you about the wires being crossed in trailers at the Shediac trailer park is because in our minds, often we get our wires crossed. In our minds, let me talk from a scientific perspective. Our, our thoughts follow neural pathways that we create in our brain. In other words, every time you think a thought, if it's a new thought, you are creating a new neural pathway in your brain. Or if it's an old thought, you are strengthening that neural pathway. It's like a mental trail in your mind. Your experiences or your thoughts or wiring or programming, that's, that's what's going on for your brain here. And this starts from birth. Really, it starts from before birth. So you've just had a baby. Congratulations. And mom smiles at this bundle of joy and the baby starts to goo and gaggle back and then mom smiles and speaks sweetly back to the child and all this causes the baby's brain to create a little pathway that says smiling is good. If you want to meet an infant who has an incredibly strong set of neural pathways when it comes to smiling, it's Joseph Burdanko. Kids vary on how strongly they respond to other people smiling at them, especially strangers. Uh, but Joseph smiles for everyone. It's awesome. You'll have to go to the second service to see it. But anyways, I, I'm not sure what language uh, Joseph is going to end up speaking first, Ukrainian or English, but he's got the language of smiling right down. One of the things I remember at a very young age was that when you touch a hot stove, that's not so smart. 
I had to learn that the hard way, but it got well wired into my brain uh, to the point that even today when my hand gets close, sometimes I do this. It's just amazing. But anyways, now, if the baby wants a sucker and says, I want a sucker, and mom says, no, sucker, and the baby starts to cry and create a fuss, and then mom gives in and, that ba- and gives that baby that sucker, that creates a neural pathway where the baby goes, crying gets me a sucker. And that's why some of you moms and dads out there are the sucker right now, right? <laughs> Same deal as kids get older. And by the way, with parenting, the the neural pathways get built like both ways. A kid won't be quiet until you give them an iPad or some sort of electronic screen to play with. Screaming is a neural pathway to getting what they want. And for the parent, when you give in and and, and silence follows, the little neural pathway goes, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, you, you know, peace follows when you give in to the kid. Well, short-term peace. So when we think a new thought, Our brain is creating neural pathways, new ones. And the more we think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought again. This is indeed good news when we're actually thinking good thoughts, thoughts that align with biblical values. This is bad news when we're thinking bad thoughts or believing lies that are so destructive to us. I say all this to lead us into our next message in our series, Reset Your Mind, where we want to learn how to reset our minds in alignment with God's ways and the values that he gives us in his word as we work to win the battle for our minds. And today, I want to be real practical and share some tools that I picked up from Craig Rochelle in his book, Winning the War on Your Mind. If you want to go deeper than we do in this series, you might want to get that book. You might remember from two weeks ago, and then again, I get it, you might not for some reason. But anyways, two weeks ago I said most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. And we looked at these words from the Apostle Paul. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Paul wants us to know that our minds are a battlefield, that our minds are in the middle of a spiritual battle that requires spiritual weapons so that we can prevail and win, that these weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds in our minds. What are strongholds? A stronghold is a wrong pattern of thinking. It's where we believe a lie about ourselves or a lie about God or a lie about this world that we're in. It's the place where the wires in our brains have been crossed and it's doing damage to us. And God, through the Apostle Paul, calls us to take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. That's every thought because every thought matters. They they really do. And then to quote Craig Rochelle, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What comes into your mind that you allow to stay there will will come out of your life. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. This This is why your mind matters so much. You simply cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. Make sense? 
If you don't control what you think, if you don't take every thought and make it obedient to Christ, you'll never be able to control what, what you do. So what I want to do is, is just get really practical, practical about how we do all this. I want to give us some scriptural principles and tools to help us win the battle for our minds. I want us to think about how we train our minds. I mean, you might have thought about training your dog, and most of you have at least thought about training your body, whether you've done that or not, but have you thought about what it takes to train your mind? And hey, when you think about training your body, it is much more than a physical thing, isn't it? I mean, training your body really is a mind thing. You need to build habits, create neural pathways in your brain that get you up and going to the gym or however you want to build your body. What you eat matters and choosing to eat healthy is a habit. It's a neural pathway that you have to develop. So two tools or two disciplines I'd like to grab a hold of. One is meditation and the other is focus. These two disciplines support each other. Let's start with the discipline of meditation. The statement that I want you to grab a hold of is this. This is part of training your mind to win the battle for your mind. I must consistently practice the discipline of Christian meditation. Because like your physical body, what you pour into your mind matters. Training your mind involves what you put into your mind and what you allow your mind to think of. You, you can train your mind to continue to believe the wrong thing, or we can train our mind with truth. This is critical for us to understand. And Paul, in a letter to the Philippians, hammers this truth home. But before we go there, let, let me give you some context to these life-giving words of Paul that we're about to read. Think about this. Paul was writing from a Roman prison. This is not the happy, ideal situation. Plus, Paul is more than aware of where this is leading. He's waiting for his likely execution. And in this less than ideal context, Paul writes, And now, dear brothers and sisters, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Notice what Paul doesn't say with all of this pressure and uncertainty around him. He didn't say, oh man, I can't go on with life. He didn't say things couldn't get any worse than this. No, from a Roman prison waiting for his execution, Paul says, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The New King James Version translates the Apostle Paul this way. If there is any virtue... And if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, meditate on these things. Now, there is a big difference between a Christian view of meditation and what is popularly taught in our culture about meditation. As followers of Jesus, we need to know the difference. We need to understand the power of the Christian view of meditation and the very real danger and the destructiveness of the dominant view of meditation in our culture. There is a difference. When I use the word meditation as a follower of Jesus, I do not mean some kind of new age spooky thing where we become one with the universe, where we empty our minds and cross our legs or arms in a certain way. 
No, the, the Christian view of meditation is simply to engage in a mental exercise where your mind is focused on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Christian meditation is all about filling my mind, not emptying my mind. Big difference with totally different results. So that's why we've been encouraging you to sign up for the 20-day reading plan in the book of Luke uh, or the version on the version app. If we can help you get into the habit of reading or listening to the Bible daily or as close to daily as possible, then you will be filling your mind, you will be fixing your mind on what is good and praiseworthy, on truth that can transform your mind. You, you can jump in on that plan right now, use the QR code on the screen or select another reading plan from the YouVersion app or just get reading your Bible or listening to it. Start with one of the Gospels, one of the stories of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Uh, maybe move on to Acts and then maybe to Paul's letter to the Romans. If you want to dive into the Old Testament, I would recommend start with the book of Proverbs and then Psalms. Now you see this kind of meditation all throughout the Bible. The writer of Psalm 119 says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. King David says, I meditate on all your words and consider what your hands have done. Friends, you gotta love fall here in Fort McMurray, right? For me, a, a planned deer hunting trip morphed into a road trip with my wife Jane when my uh, hunting partner had to change his plans. So Jane and I did a drive through the mountains, Dawson Creek, right down to Kananaskis to catch the brilliant yellows in the leaves. Did you get out and enjoy any of that? And the northern lights have been so awesome all throughout this month and September. King David, who spent many years in the outdoors as a shepherd and many years in the wilderness on the run from King Saul, wrote this. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they make him known. This is one of the advantages of living in Wood Buffalo. You get to see all this. You, you get to live in the middle of it all. You get to meditate on it and let it lead you to God. Christian meditation is fixing your mind on God, on God's truth, and training your mind to see God's truth. Eastern meditation that has become so popular culture is about emptying your mind as you try to focus on nothing to get you into some sort of state of calm it's it's a really it's a, a I would say it's a, a spiritually dangerous practice to do Christian meditation you see is not emptying your mind instead it's it's filling your mind with truth with the presence of Jesus with things that are good and praiseworthy okay let's talk about focus now, I do not consider myself ADHD, but my wife sometimes wonders. I just think the issue of focus is such a challenge in a world where there's so much to enjoy, uh, so much to do, and social media clamoring for your attention. And, and this is what makes meditation really such a challenge. I, I get a notice on my social media feed, and boom, my mind is gone. I see a sweet lifted Ram 2500 or Ram Cummings on social media or better still coming down my street and boom, my mind is gone. I, I might even do that for a Ford 250 Platinum, maybe. But anyways, I'm reading my Bible and what happens? A thought about something I forgot to do comes into my mind. Intense, random thought, thoughts just seem to come and take over my mind when I'm reading my Bible and praying. Again, boom, I'm gone. 
So you and me both, there is another discipline that we have to develop. If I'm going to engage in Christian meditation, I must learn the discipline of focus. Do some of you know who the great theologian Jackie Chan is? You, you don't have to be my age when the Karate Kid movies first came out in the mid-80s. You can be a little younger, <coughs> excuse me, because a, a slightly newer version of the movie came out about 12 years ago in 2010. It's the story of a single mother who uh, moves to China with her 12-year-old son. In order to fit in and survive against a neighborhood bully, this kid takes up kung fu and somehow he connects with this kung fu master, Mr. Han, played by Jackie Chan. And there is a great line, a deeply theological line that is in the 2010 movie as well as in the original 1986 movie. Chan says this to the boy, your focus needs more focus. I love that. Your focus needs more focus. I don't just love that, I need that in my life. My focus needs more focus. What about you? Hey, my mind can drift really quickly. And when it drifts, it doesn't generally drift to what is true. So often it drifts to my insecurities, my fears. And hey, I'm really good at creating a worst case scenario in my mind. I'm really good at that. Just those lies that the devil's been telling me for years. You know, I'm not good enough. This challenge is way beyond me. God will do it for someone else, but not for me. Junk like that. So when I'm meditating on God's truth, reading the Bible and praying, or just out in the bush marveling on the beauty of God's creation, I've got to be disciplined in keeping my focus on what I'm doing and reject the distractions, even the lies that get in the way. Two weeks ago, I asked you to think about what stronghold is holding you back. What is the biggest lie that has a grip on you right now? All of us continually struggle with strongholds and lies. What would you say is the biggest mindset that's holding you in bondage? Where have you figured out that you have your wires crossed in your brain? Let me throw some ideas out. You grew up in a home that struggled with finances and you think that you are not good with money and will never get out of debt. That is just not true. You've said, I've tried for years and years to overcome this addiction. I'm, I'm never going to be able to overcome it. That is a lie. I've tried to get close to God, to hear his voice. It doesn't take me more than five seconds for my mind to drift. I'm, I'm never going to get the close to God. That's a lie. I, I try so hard where I work, but I'm never going to get promoted. I'm, I'm never going to get a meaningful job. Again, that's a lie from the pit of hell itself. So how do we strengthen our minds and our ability to focus and meditate clearly and properly? I want to give you two real practical questions that you need to ask yourself. Number one, what is the dominant stronghold where your mental wires are crossed? You know, where the devil has trained you with a mental pathway to believe something that is not true about you. Are you able right now to think about what that might be? Now, to be able to focus on God's truth, you need to identify the dominant stronghold, the lie that has been holding you back anything come to mind right now or maybe you just need to take some time after the message to think a bit more about this and ask God to reveal this to you what is the dominant stronghold the lie that's been holding you back and when you identify that stronghold number two the next thing you need to do is answer this question what is the biblical truth and, and you need to get this truth from the Bible so that it's truth empowered by God's word 
What is the biblical truth that counters this lie? Now, to make this work for you in a practical way, you're going to have to write down both the lie and the biblical truth that counteracts the lie. What we want to do is let God's word renew our minds. And so you're going to need to write out the Bible truth that counters the lie that you've been gripped by. And just don't quickly write a sentence. Think about it. Meditate about it. Let God's Spirit speak to you about it and let it come out of God's Word, the Scriptures. When you know a biblical truth that counters a lie, a stronghold, that is so, so powerful. And I want to give you a phrase that maybe you can memorize for this exercise. It comes from Craig Groeschel, and I think it's a great tool. What we need to do, what we're going to do is write it, think it, confess it until we believe it. We're going to write it, think it, confess it until we believe it. In fact, I'm going to get you to say it. Say it with a little bit of conviction, okay? Don't be afraid. Let's say it together. Write it, think it, confess it until we believe it. Now, this isn't an instant solution, okay? It will take time. What we're doing is with God's help and his powerful word, we're creating new neural pathways. We're letting God renew our mind with his truth. Maybe an example or two would help. You lack confidence. You're feeling insecure about a situation you are in. You feel inadequate. You feel like you're not enough. Here is the truth that you need to push out that lie. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because his spirit lives within me. I can do everything he calls me to do. Some of you, I know, are fighting with lustful thoughts and you are so sick and tired and ashamed of being held hostage to images and shameful ideas. Here's your truth. I am not a slave to lustful thoughts. Because God has purified my mind, I will honor him with my eyes and thoughts. My God is faithful. Even if I'm tempted, he will give me a way out. You're going to write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. One more example. You're gripped with worry about finances, about your job, about your kid, whatever it is. Here's the response of truth. Because of Christ... I am not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and in my mind. Friends, whatever the lie, whatever the stronghold, I'm going to write the lie and the countering truth on paper or in my phone, whatever works. I'm going to write it, think it, confess it until I believe it. And as you do, you are rewiring neural pathways according to God's truth, and you're getting those wires uncrossed as your mind is transformed. And if these examples haven't primed the pump for you, go to Groeschel's book, Winning the War in Your Mind. He's got more examples like this. Friends, as followers of Jesus, we will not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but we will be transformed. This is possible for every follower of Jesus. And it's not by trying harder, it's not by personal effort, but comes as we allow the Holy Spirit to do the work of renewing our minds as we focus on God's truth. Jesus said you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth that is God's word and the truth that is Jesus himself. So join me in prayer, and 
as I do every week, make this prayer your own personal prayer as we ask Jesus to set us free with his truth. Father God, today I come to you and I just thank you for the truth of your word and the power it has to transform our mind. God, I ask that by your spirit that you would show me the lies that just hold me hostage. I confess those lies. I, I renounce them as I ask you to uncross my wires. By a work of your spirit, renew my mind that you would give me more and more of the mind of Jesus. Set me free with your truth. Some of you here today don't know where you stand with God. You, you don't have the renewing, transforming power of God in you. You think there's stuff you're doing or stuff you've done that makes it impossible for you to get to know God intimately, let me declare to you that is a lie and invite you to embrace the truth that God loves you just as you are and he's inviting you to a deeply personal life-giving relationship with him. Would you accept his invitation to become a follower of his where he lives in you? If you sense God prompting you to accept that invitation to live in you, then pray this with me. God, help me to believe. Help me to experience your love. Pour your truth into me. I confess that I've not lived for you, but I invite you to come into my life and lead me and renew my mind. I will live for you and allow your truth to take hold of my life. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.